Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Borderline Podcast Disorder. First of all, I want to say thank you to everyone listening. We've uh, reached, um, I think, the 30th country uh, a couple of days ago, so that's uh, pretty awesome. And uh, we're getting close to a thousand um, listeners, so, uh, you know, that's that's wild, and um, thank you. I appreciate it. Now... This week has been fairly interesting. I've uh, I've been uh, I've been in a hospital a couple of days ago. I um, I've been diagnosed, or I'm in the process of getting diagnosed with something called uh, vestibular uh, migraines. You know, and um, I'm I'm finally getting sorted, like with my headaches. You know, that's that's good because I'm a bit I'm a bit tired of um, of my head. You know, hurting almost all the time. Um, and I've got a couple of more, uh, actually I'm doing a couple of scans on Tuesday and then hopefully two weeks from Tuesday I'm seeing my doctor for the last, not for the last time, but again, and then we'll have a look at the results of the scans and, you know, we'll see how things, um, are going and what we're going to do moving on. I got some like nasal sprays that I have to use and, um, I've been told not to sniff it like cocaine. Uh, that's what the doctor said. I mean, fair enough, you know, I, I didn't, um, yeah, I've been told off actually as well for uh, using um, ear, like cotton buds, you know, apparently they, they damage your ears. I have inflamed ear canals because of the cotton buds and I'm using, uh, I mean, I'm not using, I've just bought um, like an earwax softener that I'm going to use, but anyway, I'll probably review that later and I'll maybe put it on like Patreon or something like that, you know, so unless you really want to know about, you know, how it's been going with the earwax stuff, I'll uh, keep it separate from here because I don't want uh, people listening to to get that uh, image, even though I feel like I kind of put it almost there already. Anyway, but yeah, I've been I've been home, you know, because um, yeah, even while I'm recording this, my head hurts. Uh, it's so easy to get triggered, and uh, there is a lot of dust in the house because we're doing some work, and uh, I don't think that's helping either. So I got the dehumidifier and the air purifier blasting on uh, the bedroom almost constantly. Obviously, I turn it off now for this. I. Um, wanted to preserve the audio quality of this as much as as possible um because of the whole you know headache situation i i got a bit annoyed at times i um i was a bit angry you know i i was uh, also uh, a lot angry with uh, some other personal stuff and um Checking the facts was a big, you know, thing that I used this week. I, I'm still trying to figure out um, some day job um, stuff, which is going to be only able to be fixed from Monday onwards. So by the time, probably when you listen to this, I might have an update, fingers crossed. But obviously now I don't want to worry too much um, about it. And I'm trying really hard not... To focus on things I can control, you know, it's all about focusing on things that we can control, and I can control the fact that I I had to cancel a couple of gigs last week because I wasn't well, and um, 
you know, I, I had to do it even though I was annoyed and I had to uh, take some time off my, my day job as well. And again, I had to do it. It's annoying. I don't, I don't really like being at home, you know. I, yeah, I get, I get bored and I get sad really quickly. So, um, yeah, I think the, 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 the amount of dread that I felt in the last couple of days was uh, huge, you know. I, I feel like I've constantly needed reassurance. So I obviously got in touch with some old friends, you know, just dropping people messages, just saying, oh, how you doing? Hoping they, they still reply. And uh, they did because, you know, we're good friends. But um, yeah, part of me was like, oh, I really miss these people and I want to see what they're up to. But also a big part of me was I just need to talk to someone. I just need people to see i still exist i i had this urge of just calling in um the work phone you know and just speak with my 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 managers you know just to catch up i guess just because i i i freaked out you know about not having a job about not being able to do stuff but um i'm good you know i I had a lot of time, obviously, to to think about, you know, things. And I'm in a better place than I was this time last year. And I'm in a better place than I was this time two years and three years ago. I, um, I had, again, even those headaches, I had them for such a long time and I've just ignored them. So maybe now that I, you know, pay more attention to them, but also I'm getting closer to finding a solution and stopping it. So that's good. Um, but yeah, that was it, you know, that was, that was my week pretty much. Um, this episode is with, um, with, um, a good comedian, but also an, um, amazing baker, you know, and, um, his name is Krishna. However, he goes by the depressed baker on social media. And uh, we met at a couple of gigs, you know, we, uh, we had some very good chats off stage about, you know, the mental health awareness and uh, this, uh, this side of, uh, of things. And it was nice to have him around and to talk about, um, you know, what he does and the reason why he does the things he does. And it was just a good chat altogether, you know, I... Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you do too. And um, he's a he's a he's a wonderful guy. You know, he's he's a good he's a good person to be around. He's a good person to to know. And uh, if you're London based, you know, check his social media um, and make sure you see his shows because he's got this thing where you know he he bakes uh, for the shows as well, so you can get like a nice slice of pie. Um, and have some comedy and usually he donates the money that he makes on the nights or again a percentage of the money to um, different charities you know he he did a lot of obviously like mental health uh, support he did the LGBT uh, IQA plus community and uh, now he's doing some uh, gigs for like um, uh, emergency you know relief um for people who are affected by the um, um, 
conflict, war, uh, you know, what, what's happening in, in Gaza. So, um, again, he's, he's, got a, he's got a great heart and he's, he's a funny guy, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'll uh, let you go now to enjoy the episode. And, um, yeah, I'll catch you later. Wonderful. So, uh, Krishna, how are you? Very well, thanks, man. How are you? Not bad. Uh, thanks for uh, visiting. Thanks for coming over today. You know, I um, hope you had a nice journey. Do you live far? I don't live far. It was um, the central line from Stratford to Snaresbrook, and it was all over ground. Nice, nice. I think. Uh, have you been here before? Yeah, there's a there's a court in Snaresbrook, and I was on a jury service once. No way. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. I sent someone down. Oh, my God. Nice. That's exciting. What do you think of... I mean, no, because I, uh, I, I never do... Because um, I was asking about the um, Gypsy Rose. Because she's, like, very famous. You know, the lady who killed someone, and she's, like... I've heard the name... I don't know what she done. What did Gypsy Rose do? I don't know. I just heard okay. the name, and I was just like, oh, I wonder if... Uh, but, no, actually, she's free. She's free. She's free. I heard someone... Uh, even though she killed a person... I heard someone referring to her as the white O.J. Simpson. Oh, interesting. I need to look into that then. <laughs> I, I to, yeah. The O.J. case fascinated me. Oh, I, yeah, I loved it. What did you think about the TV series? I loved it. Yeah, Cuba me Gooding too. Junior. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it was, it was really good. And uh, yeah, no, it was just interesting. And that's good though. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad you didn't have a, a long commute. How, are you gigging a lot this week or... Um, I am actually. I've got a gig on. I've got a gig on Thursday coming. Nice. Um, just the one gig and one gig next week. Um, but Thursday is quite an interesting gig. So it's my gig at. If you don't mind the plug. I, no, please do. Yeah, that's that's all about. All about it. <laughs> it's at Walthamstow Trades Hall, and I've been running traditional comedy shows there for the last year and a half. But what we're doing for this comedy show is we're collaborating with the biggest purveyor of vintage clothing in East London. And we're turning it into like a fashion comedy show or a comedy fashion show. What? How does yeah. that work? So, so it's a bit odd, but basically, they're going to get a load of. They're going to get. They're almost go vintage, almost personal styling. Um, the comedians who are okay to get dressed and be models on the day. So they're putting together a number of outfits for us to wear, and. Um, and yeah, we're going to wear the outfits whilst doing comedy. And I'm trying to, I don't, it's vintage, vintage clothing, which yeah. is a very specific thing. Um, and yeah, no, it's items of clothing between 20 and 80 years old. And white people love vintage clothing, which is essentially what I'm <laughs> trying. I think that's pretty much most of Walton's stuff, to be fair. Yeah. It feels very, um, I, I lived there for a while. So I feel it's, it's very, you know, actually. Oh, this top is actually bought from, uh, from you know, the town hall in Walthamstow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought this from outside the town hall. You know, in the oh, summer, nice. they had those pop-ups. That would have been, that would have been Go Vintage. That would have been, it would have been, it was a vintage clothing store. Yeah. That's Go Vintage. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got this and I got another um, a short sleeve uh, top as well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy for vintage stuff, you know. I, 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 yeah, I love it. I, I think everything I own. Uh, no, most of the things. I think besides of underwear and socks, yeah. uh, most of the stuff that I own, it's uh, vintage. Nice. Yeah, just because I, I have, I've watched, I, I've read a couple of like articles and I, I've watched some stuff and I, it's, it's true, they made clothes better, you know, and if you get like, 
I looked. I have a pair of Levi jeans, which nice. I I keep mentioning in this podcast in the hopes that Levi's pick it, picks it up. <laughs> but uh, they they are like American Levi's, and I had them for nine years. Yeah, yeah. and I they are still going. Nice man. Yeah. Nice. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, I I love. Yeah, I, I love looking for stuff, and I, I love vintage clothing. I I'm I go on eBay. You know. Um, yeah, and like uh, just looking for clothes almost all the time. I think that's my the most the the most compulsive thing that I do at the moment is buying uh, vintage stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know about the next time. The uh, when I, if this works, I might do. If it works, if it works and it's popular, I'll do another one. And if you fancy it, you can be a model for it as well. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely. Not? Yeah, I think I'd love to. You know, I've, have you ever? Um, do you follow football? Yeah, I support Liverpool. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah we did yeah, talk yeah. about. It. Yeah, look, you got the. That's a beautiful book, by the way. Oh, My yeah. Liverpool romance. Yeah, if you actually, if you want that, I'm happy to borrow it to you. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, because I have finished it. Um, yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah, that, yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know if you, you remember the video with uh, Andy Robertson on the Zoom call where they were presenting the new tops, and he had his. He left his like tag hanging because oh, nice. he thought that they are returning the clothes. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it's wonderful because like Virgil goes like, uh, Robo, would you mind taking your tag off? Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry, sorry, I thought we were returning. Oh, poor Andy Robinson, it's like a guru and poor. Yeah. No, but fair though, he's on so much money now. Like, yeah, he remembers the days when his mum took him to ASDA to buy some food and a, and some vests, and they didn't have them, and he had to keep the tags off. Really? That's a, well, no, that's an exaggeration. Uh, I don't know. But my, I've had, I, we had to do that growing up as well. We had like a, sometimes we'd have fancy um, photography at school, you know, where they where there's a photographer down and we'd wear nice clothes for that. Um, to be fair, no, they weren't taken back. But there was sometimes like a wedding or something, like, you know, be like, don't take the tag off the shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and that's fair. You know, I used to, uh, oh God, seven, nine, eight years ago, uh, I did that once when I went to to Primark. I think it was like I, I was I was in a very bad situation. I I bought a pair of um, uh, trousers and a, and a white shirt to to do a, to do like an interview. And I put the tags inside. And then after the interview, oh, I returned them. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I I couldn't. Uh, I think I was just because it was like one of my very first interviews in the UK, and I was tired of doing because I did some like cash in hand jobs. And I was tired of that. I was like, I just want to get like a real job. I just want to do, you know. And I, I, was, I didn't know what to like, how to present myself, I guess. And I, um, yeah, I did that. And I did you get away? With it? Did they did you get your clothes returned? As well? I did. Yeah, I did get them returned. I didn't get the job. Though. That's okay. <laughs> it's more of a fuck over when you have to pay for the clothes. Yeah. Well. Well, that's the thing. But no, they did they take them back. Yeah. I I do food and drink actually. Like we so we, um, sometimes I bake cakes and sell them at the market. Sometimes I do events where I sell cocktails. And I must admit, that for, for the first three years that I was doing that, I bought all my plates, I'd buy plates from Waitrose and take them back after the event. All my plates and glasses, like sexy, sexy, sexy. So all my events look incredible. I just returned them uh, return them the next day. No way. Yeah. <laughs> and like, a lot of people, like, like all my events, like as in if you look at the pictures of them, it's like... This is Jay Z's house um, because it's just nice crystal and nice porcelain, and that's because John Lewis and Waitrose have nice porcelain and nice crystal. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to 
hustle the system, haven't you? I guess, yeah, that's the thing. You do have to, you know, and it's, again, look, that, that's why they have a return policy, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's... Uh, just the way it works. But I hope it goes well, though, you know, the, um, the event. And I've, I know you've done a lot of uh, comedy nights. You've done, um, you've done a lot of comedy nights raising money for loads of, um, I guess, is it social events or, like, charities, you'd say? Uh, what, what made you... Because uh, just for a bit of, like, context, I guess, for, for anyone listening, who, by the way, uh, this week has reached 20 countries. Nice. The podcast, yeah. Really cool. So we've got about uh, yeah, we've got twenty countries that have listened to this. Uh, thank you for listening. I guess, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So just a bit of context. So you've done um, comedy nights to raise money for uh, mental health charities. Yeah. Which which country is the furthest one out of interest? Oh God, I, I f- oh, furthest. It depends because I we got you got Australia. Hello, Australia. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got Bangladesh. We've got hello, Bangladesh. Yeah, nice. we got uh, we got Bangladesh, which I, is far. I think Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, okay. Chile as well. Uh, Canada. So you're killing it. Well, done. yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Well, we still like again. I think it's like two or three listeners, but you know what? It's better than nothing. Still counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Still counts. So yeah, that's I think furthest. Oh, Indonesia. Damn! It just shows, shows depressions everywhere. Right? <laughs> no, but legit, legit. Yeah, yeah. So. it is. I think it's it's a because it's borderline podcast disorder. I think it. Uh, yeah, everyone that types like BPD, you know, it will come up. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, depression is everywhere. I I wish I knew that when I was I was growing up in Romania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we discovered it only like a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, actually, I think COVID was like such a huge thing with that, you know. Yeah, people. Well, yeah, I, I guess people just were forced to think about their mental health in a different way, right? Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I, for me, I, yeah. To be fair, I think I'm just as depressed before COVID as I was after. But yeah, no, I think I think it's just made people think about their mental health in a different way. Which is cool. Yeah. Which is cool. Because we were all isolated at home, right? Couldn't get away, do the things that we might do to get away. Although I tried to get away from the world by going home anyway. So I just wasn't directly impacted because I just stayed at home anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Never leave the house. But still, um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry, you admit, a couple of things, just to backtrack a couple of things you mentioned. You're right. They don't make denim like they did back in the day. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I had an amazing collection of denim because when I was younger, I was a really wealthy man, and I'd always buy the coolest pair of Levi's or G-Star or money off, you know, cash on hip. And then one day, I lost my job, got really depressed, and the worst thing happened: someone stole all my jeans. Stole all my jeans. How? And I didn't realise until after the event. Like, basically, um, someone came... I think we had a bit of work done at the house. I'm presuming that's when it happened. And I think there was a builder, and I don't know who was exactly my waistline and leg length, and he stole all my jeans. Or a cat burglar stole all my jeans and nothing else from that. So nothing else, just my jeans. And that, that, is, that is a blow. Because you, you come to like your jeans. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? There's a real level of confidence. You know, what, you're going to the cinema? Wear your jeans. You're going on a hot new date? Wear your jeans, jeans yeah, yeah, no, but no, that's good. And then, 
So, yeah, no, I'm glad you've got a cool pair of Levi's. And Levi's, you should talk to Levi about a sponsorship for your Levi's because Levi Squared, right? Yeah. Levi Squared, Levi's on Levi's. Levi's on Levi's, exactly. Levi's, yeah, on, I, Levi's I, on Levi's. I actually wore um, a Levi's long sleeve t-shirt the other day at a gig. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, my name is my name is Levy. Um He's my name tag, where is yours? Yeah, nice. And he, he went well. Yeah, it was a bit of crowd work, which I don't usually do. And those Levi's long-term, the uh, long-leave tops are quite nice, actually. I do oh, like they those. are so nice. They are yeah. nice, yeah. Actually, I did find this is a, a relaxed fit, or like a standard fit. But then I, I realized with like a Levi's, even though at first I thought they were going to be a bit too tight, they're not. They're not so tight, yeah. No, yeah, they are, they are a beautiful, uh, beautiful brand, I think. <laughs> these, are, these, are Levi's, these are Levi's. These, these are these are these no are, way. These are a combination of jeans, tracksuit bottom, and chino. Because obviously, I had to replace all my jeans. I don't know what you'd call them, uh, tracksuit jeans. But yeah, they're so comfortable. They. I'm are. actually looking. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking for a pair of those because I'm, I'm me and my partner we're uh, traveling um, to Romania next week, right. and I want like. Um, because now I'm wearing like tra- actually I actually like trackies, yeah. um, and I, w- I want yeah I, I might um, ask you for I'll, I, I will definitely send you the link. I'll say this though, they are designed to look as smart as a cheeto, and I do feel that they end up just being sexy tracksuit bottoms. But what's wrong with sexy tracksuit bottoms? I agree. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I only. I mean, I got told off once on my my day job because I had I wasn't allowed to wear trackies because it has a, like a logo on. Serious. Yeah, and but otherwise, I I think I'm the kind of person that if I didn't have to wear, and also you know I think I had this because I, I did have a period as a as a late teenager, early twenties where I I was wearing the tightest trousers I could. We all did. And I really okay. I'm glad I, I, <laughs> for a while I just thought it was me, and and now I look back to and I I genuinely I don't know I put something on now and I'm like if it's the, the slightest tightness and I'm like this is a nightmare I'm like how did I live like that it's a couple of things really. <laughs> I, I'm, I used to wear the old tight trousers too and the thing that amazes me about my tight trouser wearing days is because you wonder how your balls made it through yeah do you know what I mean like little like okay so now, as you get older gravity occurs <laughs> and, and your balls drop your balls drop I mean like your balls drop at the age of 16 and then they drop 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 and don't stop dropping and the thing is that when you've got a pair of tight trousers your balls are could be anywhere man you could have two bollocks on one side oh, you're one in one go, yeah. you hope one on one but it doesn't stay that way often does it like no um, that's the game though isn't it I think well maybe that, that's what I was lucky with because I, I think it was about like yeah 16 to 20 that I was I was wearing tight fitting trousers and now yeah I wouldn't get away and I, I don't I wouldn't even want to yeah I think I, I picked up a pair by a, not by accident but I think I I had a I think it was like I can't remember what I was trying something on I was like oh no you have to be able to bend over yeah what, like, like, and like even when I was a slim I mean you're wearing trousers that tight it's still a difficulty bending over and yeah, yeah. you know what skinny trousers tight trousers it's not performing its function. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. I'm glad that, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad that the history, not to repeat itself, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're, like, in that kind of, like, circle where, you know, what, what goes around comes around and we're back at just wearing... I mean, we are. I, I, I'm sure there are people 
out there who are still, you know, wearing tight, which is fine. You know, it's everyone fine, can yeah. wear, yeah, but not Definitely. for me. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that we've normalized that. Any whoever wants to wear loose clothing can wear the loosest clothing. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, I <laughs> tight trousers will come back. That's vintage. That is vintage. You know, say so part of the reason I'm doing this vintage show was I just track how white people spend their money i told you and i know a lot of vintage people and like i was learning about the things like coming in trend 90s skater wear yeah apparently it's flying off the shelves oh i see i can see that yeah can yeah. you yeah. No, yeah. Fair play. i can't I, you know, I can't fair enough i didn't think that that was a particularly cool no, I think cargoes, you know, just bring them back. Oh, yeah, and car- yeah, apparently cargoes, they're flying off the shelves. Yeah. Uh, low-cut jeans. <laughs> apparently, yeah, I'm not into that, but they're flying, this stuff, yeah. I think I... <laughs> the only the problem I have with low-cut jeans is that I I remember my, my older um, sister going out. Nice. No, it's not because oh, like, that's yeah, that's my only, no. you know, like every time I see because I see sometimes like uh, younger people who are I, I guess like uni students or something, and they have low cut jeans and I'm just like, I'm, no, I feel like is that part of my early because again I, I grew up in Romania so everything in Romania it's a bit like back so like your nineties that our. 2000, early 2000s, kind of, you know, so in 2000, I only have those memories where, like, I used to fight with her, you know, and I, every time I see someone with low-cut jeans, I'm like, I hate you, but I don't know why, and I'm like, oh, I think that's why. Is that because, was she wearing, like, a thong or a, something on top, and you could see the top of the thong? No, not, I think not, I, I, the, I... Not the thong itself. I think she like, just, she was very, I mean, I love her. She's, yeah. you know, she, she I was going to say she's like family. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, she's, but I, I, the, the, I, the, just the fact that I, we, we were annoying each other at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where now, I, again, I, I think the, the fact that she, I, it's not because of what I, I was seeing, because I, I don't even remember that. Yeah. It's just the fact that she was wearing them, and I was like, I hate you right now. No, and fair. whatever you're wearing, because that's what actually I realized that what, one thing that I hope doesn't come back the short sleeve t shirts with the hoodie. They're like those. Fair play, though. Fair oh play. God, no! Because I feel like the, the 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 biggest assholes in my in my school, you know, over summer they would wear those, and yeah, they are. They, do you know what? They are an asshole top. I got to tell you, <laughs> so, so I got I got I got big ears, right? And like I listen, I use uh, in ear headphones like everyone else, but I enjoy boxing at home. Now, when I box at home and I haven't got a hoodie on. My ears come out, my, my headphones come out of my ears. So I'm actually one of those wankers in a hooded T-shirt. I've got hooded T-shirts. And I agree, I agree. You know what? I don't wear them outside of my boxing. That's what, I don't mind that. Yeah, I yeah, respect that. That's that. got a purpose, hasn't yeah, it, in that regard? Yeah. But I know you, I don't know, someone who's got a hooded T-shirt, I think the high school bully, it just screams a weird sort of yeah. vibe. I don't know. And if you remember, I don't know what, what I, I, oh, no, because I do have a, I have a basketball top, which is like a hoodie. It's like a vest, basically, yeah. with a hood. A vest with a hood. A vest with a hood. Yeah, because no, it's, it's good, like, I, I think when you, basically, because I, I have, it's a basketball um, hood. I don't even know why I bought it. Anyway, it's vintage. I think that's why I yeah. bought it. <laughs> but I think, yeah, they, they wear it because like, it gives, like, the freedom of, like, the whole arm when you throw, yeah, yeah. The, like, when you're throwing stuff, the ball. Um, so, yeah, I see that. But then the ones I was looking, I was thinking about are those which are, like, basically, they had, like, the like a fake vest 
and then the sleeve comes. So as if uh, it's, a, it's a vest, yeah. but then he, he has, he's like, then the actual like half sleeve comes out of it. And I'm like, what is this? Like, again, someone wasted even more time on this yeah. to try and separate it. Because I, I see the ones that you're, you're, you're saying, like I, I've seen loads of like, I think Lonsdale, you know, was, uh, they were like really big, you know, Everlast, yeah. Everlast as well, because they had a boxing brand. Like, yeah, so I, I've seen, you know, I respect that. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 but I just don't, you know. Yeah, I, I just, it just reminds me of going out in like in town and someone just calling me names or something. No, I know, I know you mean. Do you know what? And like, it's funny because I might also be annoying for wearing it because um, some people. I've heard, I've heard this great theory. Like, whenever I go to the gym, someone's told me that if there if there are people in the gym that do this one thing, they are massively wankers. If there are people that go to the gym and must compulsively hit a punch bag twice and just walk away from it, <laughs> but I'm that guy. I am that guy, and I'll be doing it in my hooded, vested t-shirt, just a couple of punches here, and then I walk away. And like, and then uh, someone told me the other day, my wife actually only loses to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Is I, it because you were both in the gym and she saw you? Or? She, do you know what? I... I, I, I I, I do understand it a little bit because sometimes you get some really aggressive people in the gym and they'll just like whack the bag for the sake of whacking yeah. the bag. And actually, this is really funny. There's this guy at the gym who's developing, I think, his own form of martial arts. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's incredible to watch, but it looks really weird. It's very slap-based. So it's open-palmed open face, open-faced palms, like but almost slapping the punch back and using both hands. And he's developing this weird, crazy new form of martial arts that just he himself follows. And I, guess, I guess I guess that's where she's got part of her opinion about only losers just randomly hit punch bags in. I I think my problem actually with um, actually I love what this this is is. What, what this is turning out to be, it's, it's beautiful, I think, this episode. Because I, I did not... that This wasn't in the agenda for today. But I, one of the things I actually find annoying is that... Because I, I went to... And especially because, you know, I'm, I'm not rich, you know. So I have to go... I go to, like, low-budget gyms when I when I go. I'm, I'm not at the moment. Um, I hate people who, you know... those No, hate. It's a big word. I, I don't... I dislike... And I think those, to me, are the biggest losers. When they go close to a bag, and I love it when they... Pre- like pretend punch oh yeah and they take it back and i i there was this like it was actually a group there were there were two 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 guys in the gym and one of them just goes close to the bag and he just kind of like you know does this and then his other mate goes like yeah and like, you, you see the other mate <laughs> yeah. like nodding his head like no 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 don't encourage this <laughs> behavior yeah don't do not yeah like the ones uh, i've also seen once with the phone like they have the phone in one hand and then they punch Serious? with the other and i'm like what that's there's some weird encouragement that goes on <laughs> yeah, yeah. like we should all go to the gym we should all go to the gym but I tell you the worst group of people the worst group of people in a gym is a group of guys and it can be multiple ages it can be they could be in their 20s it could be in their 30s it can be in their 40s but they're treating the gym like their own group personal voyage yeah. and you've got four people around one guy pushing 40s on the leg press like, oh come on Come on, yeah, yeah, and it just, and it's like, woo, it's too much, and it's too much, and they're just, yeah, and it's just, oh my god, I'm scared to be in the room. But other, but encouragement in the gym is good. 
encouragement in the gym. It is, good. you know. Again, I think that. But this is why I love. I don't know. I I, I climb more. You know. Yeah. Because yeah, I like the community around climbing better than I like the community in, in a in a say gym. Again, I I heard of those like CrossFit gyms and stuff like that. That apparently they had like a bit more uh, open and the sense of community. Excuse me. The sense of community around it is much better. But uh, yeah, like a traditional gym now. Yeah, I've seen people where, you know, you, and it, look, I, I'm a, a huge, like yourself, you know, I'm a huge advocate for like mental health for like, you know, I, I want people to, to, to open up and to, you know, to feel good about like how I, I've learned that, you know, there is no such thing as good and bad feelings. Feelings are feelings. That's just the way it is. Accept whatever you've got and just try to, to live with like what's, what's happening in, in your, you know, in your head or like what's triggering around you. Just learn from that. But sometimes I see people in the gym and I'm like, you know, you, you, you need, you really need to see someone. <laughs> and like that's the moment where I am like, just, just, I w- I sometimes I think every every gym in the UK or at least again any low budget like entry budget gym in the UK should have a psychiatrist or like a yeah. a, a therapist on duty you know rather than have like oh this is the duty manager yeah, yeah. which is usually yeah. the guy who's just like picking up the weights and puts them back in the right place no they should have a therapist and you know they should ins- inspect what's happening and be like you look like you need some help why don't you follow us? Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, yeah? Legit, that would work. Because, you know, I, again, I've never seen as much, I agree with you, as much hunger. And and it's all usually from, you know, I think it's that time window from 5 to 8 p.m. when usually people go like after work. And you can see that someone's had a very frustrating day. Yeah, yeah. And now they go in the gym and they are making someone else's, they basically are pouring their frustration onto someone else. And that's not. Yeah. That's that's something that I'm not up for because I I've, I've I think I I've been the recipient of frustration. I've also have unfortunately poured my frustration on other people. So yeah, seeing both, I'm like no 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 no. It's yeah. One thing I think that gets the, I, mean, I I don't like gyms. I work out. I don't enjoy going to the gym. Same. Um, but one thing that I really hate about gyms, where I think they get it wrong. I get it, people have to have music when they work out, but the gym, I mean, they ramp up the music to the point where it's like a club, and they always do bad remixes of songs that would otherwise sound incredible if just played <laughs> normally. Horrible, horrible remixes of stuff. Like, And I just don't get it. It's like, what, what's the goal here? To, to ruin everyone's audible experience? And then the other people I hate in the gym, I hate spin classes in the gym. It's a great exercise... But they ruin everything. They're so loud. It's like, yeah, give us 20%. More, more. Push yourself. Push yourself. Push yourself. You're too fat. You're too fat. I put my 50%. I think everyone can hear this yeah. whole thing going on. And it makes me... And I've actually I've actually complained a few times. Like, I'd always be the guy in the library when people would speak. I'd be like, I'm going to speak to the head librarian. And I've spoken I've, I've spoke to people at the gym. I was like, this spinning instruction, it's, it's, it's just terrorism. It's terrorism. <laughs> It's terrorism. <laughs> and people could also cycle on... <laughs> but there are exercise bikes that people can use without having the whole... Having someone direct an incredibly frustrating cycle trip up hills, <laughs> mountains. I don't know. And it's just, Anyway, anyway, I do like the gym. But aspects of it, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I haven't had the gym membership in almost a year. I... 
I don't really miss it. I don't think there is one. Ne- I mean, the, the the nearest one, I think, is actually Stratford from here. Is it? Yeah, I mean, because you have some Maybe. like. Uh, uh, like uh, yeah, there are some gyms around the corner where they do like classes and PT stuff, and yeah, I don't know. I, I'm in between. Yeah, it's just not not for me. I don't yeah. think, and I agree with you. I think, and also I don't know if you've ever, but I have been in a gym before where the actual class was in as it was open. It wasn't even a room in the gym. Oh really? Yeah. So it was actually in the middle of the gym. Oh, no. And it was like because it was like two floor gym, so obviously you'd go up, but the f- the actual class was on the bottom floor, so you kind of like it was literally like you know when you go in the Colosseum and you see the la- oh, so no. that that was I think that was their idea. It was like oh this is the people like yeah. battling you know their biggest nightmares, which is in there a is treadmill in front of them. There is that <laughs> Some of these classes like I would. I think a fitness class nowadays would just kill me. I mean, I, I seen a, I seen this um, this personal trainer with their client um, the other day, and they, he was trying to get the client to do benching, and the client was like, "No, this is going to be too heavy. I can't do." He's like, "You can do it. I'm here for you." And he's like, "I can't do it. You can do it. I'm here for you." So the person starts to lift up the bar, and then it drops, and it's like he, the person's arms and wrists are able to prevent it from crushing their chest in, but they're they're barely holding. They're trying. Oh. Please help me, and he's like, "Feel the burn. The more I, the more I don't help you, the more strength you're getting." And like this person is shaking, the the bar's about to fall on them, like it literally drops. And the person catches it, and lifts it up. He's like, "Well done. You just done a perfect set. That's fifty kg." I'm like, "Do you know what? Instead of getting this person to murder themselves over a one fifty kg set, why not just take off twenty kg?" It, this person looks horrible. They are dying, but then. Sometimes personal trainers are the only people that can do that, really, right? It's someone that we're paying to essentially tell us to, you know, stop being so fat. Yeah. Lift up more. (laughs) Do 50 press-ups. I just like, but yeah, no, fair enough. But I like the gym. Yeah, I do as well. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I did have a a phase where I, oh God, six years ago, I did an online course on basically like to get like a pt did you yeah I, I, I gave up after like a month nice. or two just because I, I couldn't be asked to to finish it uh, big up uh, udemy i think it was 50 pounds for a level two qualification because <laughs> i might do, i'm unemployed i i'm touring with the idea of being a pt for chubby people like myself well i feel like a feel good pt you know yeah but the thing, the thing is, though, you know when you see PTs in gyms, though, when you see PTs in gyms, like, they are work, walking advertisements. Like, it's difficult, and I don't think it should be this way. But the ones who do the best, the ones that are cut up, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, the best PT at my gym who makes money, I call him Captain America. I mean, he's Bulgarian. But he, like, like, as in that, that's, that's, the, that's the look of the person that someone wants to be there. I think... But I'm hoping that there'd be a, a marketplace for the non-Captain America, for the the Bruce Banner type personal <laughs> trainer, maybe. Or maybe the, the Captain America before... Captain America before he became if, Captain yeah, America. Before he yeah. became Captain he America. He was still a good guy then. Yeah. You know, he was a good I guy. Think, uh, that, I think that, that's the moment when I actually still liked Marvel. And it was, you know, I, I still found it good. And uh, I love that movie. And I love yeah. like how you know he was a beautiful person, you know, he trying was. to help out. Yeah. And I love the. I think the whole concept of him jumping over the um, 
because um, it was the whole thing about like him putting his life at, at risk yeah, yeah. for the price of it. And, you know, again, that's that's real that's captain, guy, that's captain behavior. America. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I would be down for that, you know. And I think I think that's what you, you kind of need because I feel like now you either have PTs, which, again, like, are kind of essentially like you pay someone to bully you. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously I don't want any heat from any because I know there are some They're not, no, not, no, yeah, that's true. There are lots of good PTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you have the like the yoga instruction, which is the you know, oh let's let's feel good about yourself. But then you, I feel you need something in the middle. I think yeah. it's too much of a of a gap between fifty. I think like oh, God, I forgot the one. That I I hate burpees. You know. Yeah, I hate burpees. Fifty burpees. I I hate, I hate burpees. burpees. And then you have either burpees or just have like nice stretches. But then if you get something in the middle. I think that's that's where you know someone like Jurgen Klopp comes up where you know he wasn't a great yeah. footballer but he's a great yeah. manager. You need yeah. So I I'd be you know I'd be down for it. I, I would join if you um There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I tell I well I I tell you why I think I'd be a good PT. Because I think it'd be cool to have a PT who hated the gym. <laughs> Legitimately. So the things that I do are fantastic because they are the most brainless exercises. And I could just go to the gym for an hour, not even hate what I'm doing just because of the specificity of what I'm doing. Like burpees, that is way too fucking intense a procedure of movement. Like you wouldn't do a burpee movement in real life in any sort. <laughs> but you wouldn't though. You might squat in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might fucking have to lie down in real life. You might have to get down on your knees in real life. But you would never have to do a burpee up and down job. You just wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, I agree. You just wouldn't. Yeah. I think it, this is the problem where, you know, because I was actually listening to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, <coughs> book, which is actually good. I did enjoy it. But, you know, because he's the one who came up with the supersets. And now is this whole thing where I, I kind of, I found it fascinating where it's now super, super sets. And you get like, kind of like sick, it's literally like exercises became like shampoos, you know, where yeah. you have like shampoos for men. You know, we have like seven in one. It's like a dishwasher, it's a hand shampoo, it's a face shampoo, it's a, it cleans your car, it cleans everything. And that's the thing where you have like a, a, a barbell and then you do like a bicep curl while on a treadmill. Oh, while yeah. The treadmill is on, a, on one of those like uh, yeah. you know medical balls and I'm just like this is ridiculous now just yeah oh yeah yeah do you know what yeah I mean <laughs> great exercise probably yeah it is a view for the people that can do those but you can't get a civilian to do half the designer stuff I don't know it, it, it does sometimes sometimes I guess it depends on the person like what a, so this guy that I know um, at my gym uh, into boxing, he does some boxing TV shows on Sky. No way. Yeah, it's quite cool actually. But he he wants to do this thing, so he's continuing to interview boxers, and he's in good shape anyway. But he wanted to live like a boxer, boxer training for three months, and literally just be as lean as fuck. I just saw the meals he was eating. So much boiled chicken. So much, well, it's like, okay, the thing about a PT, when you pay a PT, they'll get you to, I'm not just ragging on PT, you, they'll get you to the same, <laughs> they'll, they'll get you to the exercises, which you wouldn't want to do yourself anyway, will never do once, once you never see the PT again. And then they'll say, yeah, I've got some great diet tips for you as well. You'd be like, what's the diet tips? I'll be like, grilled chicken and salad. It's like, fucking hell, that's all it comes down to, the burpees and grilled chicken and salad. But um, yeah, this guy cut everything joyous out of his diet and like, 
he looked fantastic. Like he was so lead, but and he did this thing where like the the PT that I know works with a university that do lots of dietary things, and they can um, provide you with fat, actual fat. Um, and and they they kind of do something to stabilize it or as, as something to represent fat, so you can see how much you'd be losing. And a very weird thing that he would do, it was a good thing to see in a way, is he would have like to carry around the fat that he was losing, and it was a re- I mean it's a really horrible thing. And uh, he did lose all that weight, but I just like all the stuff that he's got into doing this, and he look he looks magnificent. He looks magnificent. But I was like, mate, how you doing? You happy? He goes. I've quit the diet and I feel so good. Um, I've put on 20% weight. Because he trained for like the 300 movies. It's like he was doing 300. Jeez. Um, but no, my version of uh, PT, which isn't that, is eat what you want, two puddings a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, 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 just try and find a way to maximize how much gluttony and pleasure I can have in my life. Which is just why I go to the gym. Anyway, I feel like I, just I you know, it, it's such a hard thing because I, I do, I used, uh, I actually used like Noom for a while, you know? It's a, it's an app that's like, which is actually quite interesting because they did all this like training your mind as well as like, you know, helping you out with the diet. And I, I just found the fact that I, I just don't enjoy having to like log my meals and stuff. Like it helped. And it was interesting in Noom because it actually had a lot of DBT, like dialectual behavior therapy skills in. So, yeah. So I've seen how. I've seen how, like your, I guess your mind can help with uh, with what you want, and I think uh, I, I again I found some very helpful tips. Seriously. But yeah, but ultimately I, I don't like logging in. I think I'd struggle. Yeah, I think it just makes me sad, you know, because I like some days I'd be like I'd be eating, I don't know, a bowl of cereal for breakfast and then like a soup for lunch and uh, salad for dinner, and I'm like, oh. I'm smashing this, and then two days later, <laughs> yeah. and then two days later, I just have like makis for breakfast, makis yeah, for lunch, tough, and like it? a kebab for dinner. I'm like, oh fuck! Yeah. And that's why now I, I found the balance. Like, look, for example, today I, I, I had the early uh, small breakfast. You know, for lunch I had a couple of pieces of bread with some Philadelphia. Uh, big up Philadelphia light. Yeah, um, yeah big it up. And um, yeah, and then tonight I'm actually we're getting wing stuff. So getting what? Wing stop. Oh, chicken wings. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you know that's why I I, I got into the point where I'm like I can see I can plan my my meals. I know when I'm eating something that I'm like oh treat yourself. And also I have like such a I have a sweet tooth. Me like too, it's man. Yeah. yeah. Where's your sweet tooth? Is it sweets? Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love sweets, man. Yeah. I cakes. Like I, I'm a huge cheesecake fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, Irene makes this like amazing nemesis cake. Oh yeah. What's that? It's like a chocolate cake, and it's it's like a gooey. Oh god! It's like it's literally like a chocolate cheesecake. Oh shit! But it's man. not a cheesecake. It's oh wow, that's nice, man. It's very good. I gotta try. I gotta try that. I tell you why, because cheesecakes, I feel, were invented during my time of life like during the 80s 90s no way yeah like goat's cheese a few things come about in my time of life and i just feel like we've gone backwards How? i feel like i feel like um i just don't know if we've taken cheesecakes as far as we should have done in the last 30 i don't know there's Basque cheesecakes, which have just come out oh, which are very trendy god and they're doing a lot of good stuff don't get me wrong but just your traditional Digestive base or base 
cream cheese seasoned and fruit on top. I just so many of them are four out of tens. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing with cheesecakes. You need a good cheesecake. Yeah, you like, do. And I in in um in Romania, my mom used to make this thing, which was it's called a Fanta cake. Oh, hello. So it was a um, a cheese, like, sorry, a, a chocolate pastry. Not pastry. It was actually like a chocolate puff layer. Wow. Cheese. Wow. And then pudding on the top. Wow. As in like the like pudding, not as in pudding as dessert, but pudding the the pudding yeah. with Fanta. So you'd like make vanilla pudding with the actual Fanta How drink. Oh my god, it was the best thing. That is ever. Amazing. I like I like the idea of that. I like the idea of flavoring something. And Fanta. my mom it's used like to an orange type thing as well. Guess, right? It was it, much better. Wow. Yeah, it was again. It was like basically like a layered chocolate cheese, like and the cheese was like twice the size of anything, yeah. and then topped up with like this layer of just like um, pudding or like just like a jelly. Sort of, yeah, wonderful. It was the best cake ever, and my mom used to make it, and it was, it was fantastic. And um, yeah, that's why she said it should be. You see how you're speaking about it? you're you're romanticizing each layer. Each, <laughs> that's what be. each layer should matter in the cheesecake. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? If you're just if you don't give a shit about one of them, a third of what you are eating is pointless. Yeah. And I, I think it will be the, I don't mind the, again a traditional cheesecake. I think if anything, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, vanilla cheesecake. Yeah. You know, because that's what I was saying. That sometimes, I, if anything, I feel like, especially when you go to like a, a shop, they they took it too far what? with like you know, like the cheesecakes. Because you you saying that they didn't take it. I feel like sometimes they take it too far. But it's like mango. Because I had this thing like mango and passion fruit, and I tried. And I was like, this is ridiculous. No, like <laughs> I, you could have not wasted that cream cheese. Yeah. And put it onto a... Have you had the cheesecakes from the Cheesecake Company? They're in supermarkets. Yeah, I did. They're not bad. They're not bad, no. Yeah, yeah. they're not bad. Yeah, I think I... God, I can't remember the... Um, I think it was actually... The, no, the, the Sainsbury's exclusive. Yeah. Uh, or like special or whatever they have. The the, the Madagascarian vanilla. I got one on like... A, was a yellow sticker. You know, I wouldn't... Nice. Pay, I don't... I wouldn't pay full price just because again I want to to try it to test it. Yeah. But that was the best I've had so far in like a shop level. I've, uh, do you know what? Like um, when I was at university, after, just after university, um, I had a job working for a bank and I made the most money, even more money than I've ever made now, which is depressing. <laughs> it's, true. it's crazy because you also think you're going to be super rich when you have loads of money. When you, I didn't have loads of money when I was young, but. It's fucking comfortable. But um, Marks and Spencers, they were in their heyday for food at that stage. And they did a really simple um, Marks and Spencers Belgian chocolate cheesecake, which was just base and uh, almost like a Belgian chocolate cream cheese mix. But it was just so beautifully done. It was gorgeous chocolate. The, the, the texture of the cream was amazing. They've stopped it now and it breaks my heart. Um, but that used to be one of the best cheesecakes I've ever had. And do you know that? I tell you what, do you know the chocolate company Thornton's? Yeah. I don't like Thornton's chocolates. I'm going to say that. I find them to be over sugared, but they used to have a chocolate cheesecake when I was a kid. And every year that's all I wanted for my birthday. I didn't want a birthday cake. It was a gorgeous, like a toffee. And I know what you mean Thornton's cheesecakes. Um, yeah, they used to do them. And it was, oh, I can remember it. Like, I'm, a big, I'm such a big foodie. And that one, I can taste it right now. It's a gorgeous fucking cheesecake. No way. Stop doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, um, I wasn't going to challenge you on that because I, I don't like Torten, Torten. I mean, maybe it wasn't a thing when I came to, in Romania, I've never heard of it. And when I came in here, I think I had it like, I had like one of those like specialty boxes once in a while, and, but it wasn't for me. So I kind of, you know, let it go. So that's why I'm not going to challenge you on that because I'm like, yeah. No, I don't. But I, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they're an everyday chocolate maker masquerading as a chocolatier. They're not chocolatiers. <laughs> They're not chocolatiers. They're not. Well, you know, actually, this is because um, I'm going to ask you something. Because obviously, we are talking with uh, someone known as the depressed baker. Yeah. So, what is it? <clears throat> what What do you when you bake? You know, like, now I'm going to challenge you because obviously we we are discussing and we we are rating uh, cheesecakes and other desserts, I guess. But what was it? What's what's your favorite? Like, what would you make if you like? I need something to make me feel good about myself. Or like, you know, I'm I'm not having a, a good day or a good week. You know, I'm going to try and make this. What is it that you go for? If I'm in that mood, it's always savory food. No way. Yeah, because like whenever I'm whenever I'm really depressed um, or really down, and I will like, I've uh, uncommonly felt really really down. Like um, within the last couple of months, I've just had a few bad, few really bad days, few really bad uh, combinations of days, concurrent days, a couple of bad weeks. Um, but what I really enjoy doing is just making something where I can play with the recipe. Like, oh. like, um, and it always does come down to trying to eat healthy and tasty at the same time. So I just made a really delicious uh, soup. Like, I spent, spent two days making the stock because um, actually a soup is quite simple, really. But then everything that kind of went into it afterwards was so it would be healthy. Like, it had lentils in it because lentils are high in protein, high in fiber also. <laughs> Even little things like making the like i love chopping the celery the carrots and the onions just getting into the rhythm of chopping and like when you play around with a soup you know there's so many t- things that you got sweet paprika you got chili you got thyme you got herbs you got garlic and i just like the improvisation of um of cooking like that that, that that's something that makes me really happy like whereas baking kind of doesn't really make me so doesn't make me as happy in a way purely because you don't really have that improvisation um uh, you, yeah because you like the second you change a baked recipe by adding something that you think might be interesting um you could you know it, it's not forgiving the, 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 <laughs> the baking gods are not forgiving to me i don't think <laughs> yeah. but funny, where i started off the baking though like as we've spoken about the gym like I remember when I was trying, I was trying because I used to be a really, really skinny guy, like really, really skinny. Like I remember at school, um, at school in biology, we had one of those massive skeletons, like you know that, that they used to demonstrate where the body parts are, and they used to call the skeleton at school Krishna, just because that's how skinny I was. Oh, like terrible, but yeah, no, it was true. And I, I was so skinny, like you know, um, you know, when you see gated mansions or schools or hospitals, and there are yeah. I could squeeze through the bars. <laughs> yeah, all these, Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, do you know what? Every day, listen to this, this is quite funny. At school, I used to actually skive a lot of school because I could break into my auntie's house. I could um, put my very slim wrist through the letterbox, unlock the top of the lock and open the door. And I would go to my auntie's house where she wasn't working all day. And you were there every day, like for a couple of hours, like very regularly. I showed my brother how to do it as well. It was really bad. 
and yeah, like it was crazy. <laughs> just there, just break. I, 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 I found it strangely enough. Like, yeah, I'm able to break into places. Not anymore. That's crazy. Not anymore. But anyway, when I so when I was younger uh, at university, and you want to try and romance women or whatever gender men, uh, you want to romance someone. And I was like, skinny, got to get some muscles. And I used to take loads of protein and creatine as well. Creatine as well. And it kind of went, but it always tasted like shit. Uh, <laughs> always tasted like... And like protein shakes are just the most joyless form of nutrition ever. Like, I, te- I tell you with protein... The, be- the best situation for protein shakes is if you're trying to help people in malnourished countries... It is the best way of getting nutrition. It is. It's a great way of getting nutrition body. But just taking liquid powdered protein after the gym is a very odd way to 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 indulge yourself. I guess. Wow, to satiate yourself. Yeah. It's not even an indulgence. Yeah, that's true. So, and I tried having like the protein snacks. So I'm a foodie, as uh, like like you. And there's loads of protein snacks at the time. They were like protein flapjacks. Contains thirty. Contains like thirty grams. Like no, thirty stupid. It would be thirty. Twelve grams of protein. The equivalent of two chicken breasts in a flat, and it just tasted disgusting. <laughs> and then like there were other things, and they just tasted really bad. And I thought to myself, huh, there's a gap here. So my product in its infancy was a uh, breakfast biscuit that was high in protein, but all natural, all delicious. Lots of nutrition went, uh, dietary nutrition went into it. Like, um, so for example, um, my brand is called the Depressed Baker, and this item, my breakfast biscuits, all the ingredients in it were theoretically good for your mental health. I haven't done any true studies myself, but there are strong links between the consumption of omega oils and um, good mental health. That's why certain things like walnuts uh, are good for you, are good for your brain. Um, and I guess I created an item that compounded lots of premium um, ingredients, all with a great story, into one bar. And it was a really, really beautiful like breakfast biscuit. I just kept me full. Like it, they they were kind of they were kind of incredible because like you could eat one and it would keep you full for ages, and you wouldn't feel bloated or anything because they didn't have any refined sugar in them either. Because with refined sugar. Um, you'll have the high from the sugar, then you'll have a crash afterwards. Yeah. It's why when you have a Snickers bar, and I love Snickers bars, but you'll enjoy it and then you'll crash. Like it won't give you sustained energy. Whereas I, you know, there was a lot of science that went into this into this one particular product, uh, and initially it didn't taste good. It didn't taste because trying to make something healthy, and I spent like a year getting it, and I got it to a stage where it tasted really good, and I, and I, I thought. I'll take it to market and I'll start selling it. And it went, it went for the most part really, really well. Strangely enough, and it was great for fitness, the people that love my products from a fitness perspective, weight trainers liked it, but the people that would always buy my products were ultra marathon runners or the, you know, these people that go cycle rides for like three days or something. Like they would always, but they'd, oh yeah, can I get five of your breakfast biscuits, please? Um, and they were, they were really good. So, and that's the health and nutrition of the product. The reason as to why I thought it would be a good product, there's a brand, and I think they're prevalent in America and other parts of the world, though I'm not sure if all of your listeners are going to know, called Belvita, um, and they create a breakfast biscuit. And it's a very simple breakfast biscuit. has no nutrition in it. Um, they come in like 
almost like a just a, a simple baked, almost like a malted milk biscuit. And they don't provide any nutrition, really. But I remember when I was working at Aon having my breakdown, that would be the thing I'd always have. Like I'd always have breakfast biscuits. You know, I'd have a terrible night. I'd always have a breakfast biscuit. Everyone else would have breakfast biscuits. And I looked into this company. I was like, breakfast biscuits, it can't be that big a deal. And they were worth like over a billion pounds or a billion dollars. And I was like, maybe even bigger because they're part of a large group. But that particular product did loads. And I was like, do you know why it is that they're doing so? It's because of that brand, breakfast biscuits. Breakfast biscuits. And I thought, I want to get in on that yeah. breakfast biscuit concept. My product was called Breakfast Biscuit Bites because <laughs> I didn't want to, couldn't copy them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it went okay. But the difference between me and Balvita was the reason they're still in the race and winning. <laughs> <laughs> and this was, the, this was the crux of my product, really. A Balvita breakfast uh, biscuit um, will stay fresh unless opened for a year, two years. Whereas my product was entirely fresh, it would only last four or five days. So that was the, that was kind of the difficulty of my product, which was just because it was natural and delicious. It was just in a way less viable as a product to sell. But it didn't. No, no, I can't see anything out there. I've just got a bit of wind. That's why a bit of acid. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, but um, and. Uh, yeah, no, so I saw, I saw, they did really well, my breakfast biscuits, like, a, like I even went to a diet, I even went to like um, a nutritionist company, like to, you know, what they do is they take your biscuit, they burn it, see how many calories it's worth, and they were like, we have never seen anything so nutritionally perfect, like you could have sold my um, my breakfast biscuits to the army, I swear, they were, they, I mean, apart from the fact that they don't last very long, <laughs> but, uh, so it would have to be a, a seven day war. But apart from that, <laughs> the nutrition of them was just fantastic. But yeah, like so, um, that was the first. That was the first one. And, and and like they, I sold that. I sold those products for about two and a half years in markets in Walthamstow, Wanstead. Actually, I sold just down the road from you. Um, and it was really good, and it was really fantastic. Some of the difficulties I found in doing that is people want naughty though. Like people don't people people want a bad boy. They don't want a good boy. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, but it's completely true. Like, and like, even say so my my items would cost. Uh, I don't think it was too much money. Three pounds seventy five. But the thing is, that's not bad. It isn't bad. But it was a breakfast substitute. And when you consider that, you for three seventy five, you have like a salt caramel brownie with butter and fucking donut icing or whatever else, like. That that was it. It was just it's easier to sell something naughty than oh. something good. But no, I I I, I and, and then and then COVID kind of happened, uh, and that's what kind of put a kibosh on the old baking. But yeah, I'd like I'd like to get back to it. But going back to your question about what I would bake, um, that would make me happy. That I would sell like like a an interesting cake. I don't know. It's difficult because I put the Depressed Baker is a company that's about that exists for depressed people uh, and people who've suffered from depression. So if I bake a cake, it has to be a fucking good cake. Like, otherwise... And that's a bit much. Like, you know, obviously, it's not like all depressed people are going to be like, you made a shit cake. Now we're going to kill ourselves. It doesn't work like that. But I want it to be something really special because if you're going to use the name... Like you, you, you um, your podcast, I think the name matters to you. 
Um, and you're not just going to put something, you're not going to half ass something because of the name and the title that represents. So for me, the depressed baker it has to be something special. So I'm currently in the in the process of of thinking about what the next bake thing is because, ironically, it wouldn't be difficult for me to. For me to sell the items now, it really wouldn't be, but I've just got to have something that I would be happy with, and that's a, I'm a really difficult person to please. I'm amazed I pleased myself in the first instance. <laughs> it takes me hours to masturbate, like it just. That's incredible. Have said that. <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, but no, I think that's that's beautiful. I think. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> um no, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think when you when you're trying to to make something that matters to you, you gotta you gotta put your you know whatever you got into it because that's you know I agree. I think sometimes it's a weight on your or at least to me it's I feel it, it's weight. it's a weight on my shoulders because you know I don't want people to because I this is what I thought about uh, a couple of days ago as well when I um, I think when when we were chatting about um, about when when we did the gig together a month or so ago but either way yeah when we did the gig together I was telling you that oh I'm kind of like struggling with the sound and I'm trying cuz I I always think about like what if you know, someone's listening to this and then they, they yeah. think that that specific thing that they have seen or heard or whatever, it's what it is. And I'm like, no, 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 I want you to see that. I, it's, 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 it's not great, but it's, it's better, you know, like every episode or every, you know, whatever happens, I, I want people to actually feel what I feel when I do this or at least, at least close, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I agree. I think it, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. And um, I, I didn't even know about the, the nutrition, uh, the nutrition bar. It sounds incredible. I Because I love running. I love distance, like yeah, long nice. distance running. Um, every time I say that, people laugh because it, it doesn't seem legit. But I am a runner. No, I, I, <laughs> I laugh because... Not you, but I'm saying like, like yeah, yeah, no, 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 man, like don't do that. You're like you, you look like a runner. You could be a runner if you like it. I'm like, why are you a long distance runner? Um, because I hate long distance running and I can't do it. But no, big yourself up, man. No, I, I love. I think it's because I, I, I'm a, I'm a slow runner. Yeah. So rather than saying slow, I'd say long distance because yeah, yeah. I, I pace myself. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I do love it, and I, I do find that I think that's what I'm lacking sometimes. What I got. I don't take like, but I, I speak with other long distance runners and uh, yeah, it's wonderful to see that like they, they have like stuff in their like pockets or, you know, you have those like uh, treats in your bags and you just feel basically like you help yourself while you're in the run. I, I do sometimes when I run long distance, I set up a reminder every 45 minutes to have like a gel or something. So I do have to go through that process. I, I, it sounds amazing. Now you made me really curious about the biscuits. So if you if you bring them back, let me know because yeah, I'd love yeah, to. I, I'll get some. Definitely makes uh, me kind of makes me want to now. Yeah, and no, I, I mean, I'll um, yeah, I'll 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 share. I, I'll ask you something. I'm pretty sure you thought about it as well. But I'll ask you after the podcast about the conservation of the biscuits. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll. I, I don't want any like um, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll um, talk the biscuits after. Huh? We'll yeah, discuss we'll discuss the, biscuits uh, after. But um, so, how did that then? Like, because you you were baking, and then you got into like. When did you start doing comedy? So, I well, I actually started doing comedy um, 
I've been I've I've been doing comedy for four years. Really, I've only properly taken my own comedy seriously for about an hour, a year and a half. But I've been doing it for four years. Where I got into comedy was a really cool organisation called Counterpoint Arts, who um, offer like a comedy scheme for people of migrant or refugee backgrounds. Um, no refugee over here, a tenuous migrant background. But I got into the programme, and it was really cool because it was run by uh, it's run by people who do who, who are experienced comedians, and um, they teach about joke writing as though um, yeah, as, as just. You were a normal. You were a normal person who's never done comedy. This is how to start. It was like workshops, but they also provided um, organised events, and that's what made it so special. Because not only did they do these workshops for us to learn the craft, and we'd have different places every now and again where they do events, like small places, small things. But then at, at the end of like the run, they gave us a. The opportunity to perform at uh, Camden's People Theatre, which oh. is like, a, and it was amazing. Like that was, I was very depressed at that stage of my life. No real prospects. Seems like nothing's changed. But like, but it was a really powerful thing to be stood in front of a, in front of loads of people on a stage. I think it matters. I love a stage when I do comedy. We don't always get stages, do we? Even if we're just stood in a pub on the ground. Like in front of people, that's not a stage. A stage, that's yeah. A and I love a proper oh, yeah. stage. And I'm not. I'm not. I've, then they gave me the stage to begin with. I was kind of hooked. Well, hooked as a concept from that point with just the feeling. And then, kind of, just after COVID, like COVID happened, and at that stage, the bis, the baking company was going okay, but the problem was, I wasn't able to share the story of depression. Um, it just wasn't as fast and that's the thing it's just not as fast enough like legitimately it might sound like a a, a big reach or just a, a big dream like I would like to change the world some way some shape or somehow and like there, there'd be times for example when I'd be baking and like and I'd, I'd be at the market and I'd have I'd be up from four in the morning and I'd bake 60 things and then the market day it rains and no one turns up and then you have to go home with this product that you've made to destigmatize depression uh <laughs> by creating something beautiful and it would just be really sad and depressing and it just became and then i'd also do the whole selling at coffee shops when i wasn't there like as a normal wholesaler would do um and the problem was, like, people love my brand of the depressed baker when I explain it. When it was in a coffee shop on a shelf, and someone was like, "What is the depressed baker?" People couldn't, people weren't able to. And I get it because there's a very personal story behind the depressed baker. It's to do with my own mental breakdown uh, myself and trying to get better and better from depression. Um, but to them, it was just an item, and that that was it. it, it you know what? Like even when I even when I, I didn't sell my cakes, it was still a good story. I remember I gave, I donated to I donate to food banks. There's one in Warple Forest, and there's one in Hackney, and I got really good feedback from people from the food bank. Where and people don't whenever people donate to food banks, they don't, you don't get feedback. People are just grateful what they can get. But the manager of the feedback was just like, we've had people that are asking about your biscuits. <laughs> like, and I, I just felt so proud. Like, as in, and that gave me a really good feeling. Like, as in, 
uh, is it something that you can regularly bring? And I was like, I, I can't like that. These, these were the left, but yeah, there was yeah, like that. That was it. It was just a difficulty. Like it just, I wasn't able to to sell it as I got tell the story as fast as I wanted to. And it, I don't know, like I, I the reason I think like the depressed baker is the best baker. I remember one time I was selling um, in Walthamstow, Orford Road Market, and I was there all day. <laughs> Did okay, sold a, sold quite a few items, and there was this uh, homeless gentleman. Um, he was, you know, in shelter in one of the one of the shops there, and he was collecting money. And I remember at the end of the day, he put all his money together, and he's like, "Can I can I buy some of your cakes, please?" Uh, and he gave, and I was like, "No, no, you can have them for free." He goes, "No, no, I've heard the story of what you're doing, and that's worth much more to me than uh, the." And I was like, I did take his money. I did take his money. Obviously, like that's what he wanted to do. And that you know, I took his money and it went to the charity and whatever else. But that's a, it's a really nice thing. And another time I've done an event, and someone came up to me, asked the story of the press baker. I explained the story, and he goes, "I've just got to pop away for a minute, check something." And he he popped away for five minutes. Then he came back. He goes, "I just had to check my bank account, and it's okay. Yeah, can you charge me two hundred quid for this cake?" And I was like, "What do you mean, like?" And he go, and and he go like. What you want to buy all of them? He goes, no, no, I don't want to buy any of them. Actually, I want to give you two hundred quid. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, do you know what? Just because I had a really tough time in mental health. My grandmother um, suffered from dementia. It was really horrible. And this doesn't change what happened to my grandmother. But I just like what you're doing, and I'd love to contribute. So that 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 that's kind of what made the depressed baker in many ways more valuable than other bakeries because. I mean, no one's going to pay two hundred pounds for a Mister Kipling apple pie. <laughs> yeah, wow. But yeah, all little stories like that's that. That's wild. Yeah, it was. An, it's, it's a nice thing to do. It really is a nice. It's, it's comedy is a lot easier to win as a one person band than baking as a one person band. Now there are one person band bakers out there that I know, and they're so impressive to me. Like, and you know, it's, it's different horses. It's different horses, of course. But I just find comedy. I have to say, comedy I'm finding a lot easier to put together. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just like the shows, like I'm able to market the events that people come down. It's it's actually comedy for me is a lot less effort nowadays. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um, but it was ne- like it's never as difficult as waking up at three o'clock in the morning. No, as waking up at two o'clock in the morning. Baking through the night, letting stuff cool down, wrapping everything. Yeah. I, had, I, was, I had a special, sexy, custom-made depressed baker wrappers. So everything looked really beautiful. Like it looked really nice, but it, it just it just took so much time. And then you have to pack everything to go to market. Oh and and it was and it, and it was lovely, but it was just it was just a big undertaking for like one person. I did have help. I did have help quite you know from time to time. My wife would help me and do the markets with me. But I can actually just. Um, plan to organise a comedy event, market it in the background, and just turn up an hour before the... half an hour before the event starts. Someone will plug the speaker in the microphone, the audience will turn up, and that's comedy. And it's just a lot easier. Yeah, when you say it like that, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, just logistically, yeah. I think. And I, I've also donated more money, I think from the comedy events than I did from baking. Now, it has been... Has, comedy is, is difficult, and there have been some events where I haven't made any money to donate. 
and somewhere like you're donating twenty four pounds the two two times twelve pound the tickets. And you think that that's a bit pointless, but then another time you'll raise 40, 80, 150. I've made some bigger numbers too. And then then at the end of it all, I think from comedy, I've probably raised about three and a half thousand pounds, which is pretty good. And also, this is the other thing. The problem with, um, not the problem, and I will go back to baking, I will. Because that's something I, it's a real real thing on my list to do a comedy event. That's one of mine, where I bake and sell my cakes at the event i will cry i will cry real tears of real joy but it has to be a good cake and then everyone has to say they fucking love it but if that happens (laughs) yeah that'll be me smitten for life i think it's not out of reach you know it isn't no it isn't it isn't no it isn't it isn't it isn't it isn't i just need to think like I was talking. I was talking to a baker the other day, and I was explaining my quandary, like saying, "Like he's an amateur baker, not a professional." I was like, "Mate, I want to create the best thing, the best cake in the world, because that when people taste it and they're like, that's the depressed baker.' It's like, do you know what? Fuck me. Depression is not going to be a thing soon if this guy keeps making these cakes. You know, I want it to. That's not really. You know, when people are happy when they eat something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be amazing. It's got to be like. It's got to taste like it's got to taste better than a cake you can get from M and S and Waitrose, and I know the entire ranges of both of those supermarkets. Like I do, like as it, um, and so you know, and then the guy was like, "Does it have to though?" And I was like, "Maybe it's got to be something different." So he's like, "Everyone's made the same, you know, eight, every type of cake's been made a million times over." Now. So I've got, to, I, yeah, I've got to find a way of managing my own ego for for the brand and doing something that works but yeah i, I do want it yeah i will work on it but i'm not going to put something forward unless i'm happy with it i really won't Fair. let's see let's see it's not uh, again I, I feel like the it's hard you know when you when you have like those sort of uh mm. challenges actually you know the, the book next to you by the way yeah. it's a, it's a wonderful book and it's it talk it talks about it's um um about like creativity creativity um, so uh, the thing when you were talking about like you know there are like 8 million bake uh, cakes a day etc that's kind of it where it's like it doesn't because it, it, it has this old te- theory about how um, because of like how many people are in the world it's not the case of who's coming up with an idea because yeah. loads of people can come up with an idea because again we are so many and there are so little like lesser ideas it's about who basically put it out first and uh... I, did, I did disagree slightly with what you said though i'll tell you why slightly where which one uh, as in the guy that told me every cake's been made a million times over and it, they have for the most part so I, I i'm quite a foodie so i spend a lot of time researching stuff like <laughs> i have made i think i think i made a cake that no one's ever made before have you heard of sea buckthorn no see so sea buckthorn Sea buckthorns are like a coastal berry. They're like by Cornwall and places like that. It's a very tart berry. However, the flavour of sea buckthorn really is a cross between passion fruit and mango, which is incredible because they grow in England. Huh. So, and the thing is, we always import passion fruit and mangoes. We really do. And we've got a British version. Sea buckthorn isn't quite perfect. and there are, It does have a few problems. It's very sour. Um, but yeah, no, it is it is a unique ingredient. And I made a sea buckthorn and saffron cake, which was quite nice. So, so yeah, but it doesn't make it. And it was really nice actually. But 
I do think there are some. And sea buckthorn is used in, in desserts. But you don't see it used very often in cakes. But by and large, I do agree, all cakes have been made a million times before. But then again, something like salted caramel, that's only been around... Okay, I've, I've, uh, depression's taken the last 15 years of my life away from me. To be fair, salted caramel's been 20 years now. But that is recent. Yeah, it is. That 20 is years. It's recent, mate. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's not to say... I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. And I, chances are, I'll just do a chocolate brownie. And that'll work anyway, like a really good chocolate brownie. Let's see. Uh, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, I'll man. say I'll have keep, a I'll look. Keep you, I'll keep you in the loop. I'm I'm definitely down for that. You know, I, I'd love to even come. You know, just Let's. just to not even just yeah. to come, yeah. just because I it, it sounds like a, a wonderful concept. Because that's what I was thinking about before, where you were saying the thing with the, you know, when you sell it in like a coffee shop, and if you're basically if it's like there is no one to tell like the story of what that the depressed baker is. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, you could have like your you know own themed. You know, comedy. So that again, it's not it's not out of reach. That's the thing. It's it's, uh, and it's not to say that oh yeah, if you want to do something, no, it's more of because uh, you got the skills. You know, like you you know comedy, you know comedians, you know how to. Which actually, because funny enough that you were saying earlier, you know, look at how many people are struggling to actually get audiences, and then you 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 you're doing well with that. You know, like you you got you got your way around it. So that's what I'm saying. Like you on things where you're like, oh, what if I bake like this cake? Because I think to me that's what would be my biggest nightmare when I, I do something my, and then that's the problem that's the problem the fear I've got the fear I've got yeah the cake is the fear because actually for most bakers um, the difficulty is finding a place to sell like I've got I've got a great relationship with a number of coffee places and Wolfham Forest that's how I market my events actually um, and actually anyway I, I yeah I I, <coughs> I will <coughs> I need to I need to because I, I talk about it now and I'm like a fucking must like particularly if you've if you've got if you've got the demand and you've got the place yeah but it's, ah, this bloody cake that I've got to make for so I did so I I like the brand the depressed baker as a name I did and and it was the comparison to the happy egg company because <laughs> like, none of those chickens are happy or the happy baker or anything else. And I kind of did think that I would be able to become a naturally world-class baker just by design. Because, for example, other things that I've done, um, I'm a world-class mathematician. I wasn't born that way. I didn't think that I would be. Um, But eventually I worked at it and I studied and I became really, really good. Like, you know, sometimes if you're really good at certain things, um, it'll happen. I I thought the (laughs) baking, but but it's, yeah, I need need, need to, I need to, I Heston Blumenthal everything. I'm like, I'm like, you know, that's the thing. But I, I, I need to just try and take it back to basics. And actually, part of the so I mentioned to you that I, well, I run comedy shows. One of the things that I've been doing um, outside of the baking is mixology, uh, making no cocktails, making cocktails. Um, um, and the reason I did that is because I started running comedy events in my back garden, and I used to do that for revenue. And that, that, that has really, really. Um, hasn't pushed me to alcoholism yet, actually. hasn't, surprisingly. I've stopped drinking alcohol in my gigs because feedback that I kept on getting from people is that this guy, Chris, he's hilarious in the first half. But then I think he may have had a few drinks in the second half. And then he li- so, yeah. I, I'm, no way. No, but I, I, just, I, I just go ranty. Oh, and, uh, and, yeah, so now I'm doing it. And it's going, it's going much, much better. But 
the mixology side of things, I just really enjoy doing it because it, it, it's how I can play around with flavours and ingredients and, and that's kind of what I enjoy. And like that's, hopefully that's given me a bit more discipline to get back to the baking. I will get back to the baking. I have to. I have to. Like, I, love my com- I think my company is the best company in the world. I really do. I do. Yeah, nice. I do it's the most honest company in the world. Like it's got a corporate structure. <laughs> That's the thought. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think I just, I just love the company, and like I just think it, it deserves a great cake. And it has had a great breakfast biscuit, but I think it deserves a great series of cakes. Well, you know, I don't. I, I'm, I'm down for. I, I, I do. Posted, I yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, you should, you should do it. Yeah. And um, oh, I, you know, I used to work. I mean, you don't know, but I used to work in uh, hospitality, and I was a yeah a cocktail chef for a, nice, nice. Yeah, for a for a for a very short time, but I did enjoy because I did more more like uh, I was more into like the. Um, floor you know uh, like as in i waited and then i did some like um floor supporter like managing and stuff but uh, yeah i love bartending you know i love the the idea of making cocktails i i i did a couple of i helped out with uh, making a few cocktail menus in the past um i like that and i think this is which actually was love hard for me because I used menu. to sorry love making a cocktail yeah menu. it was such a beautiful thing and I remember um, and that's like before I did comedy or anything it was it was nice to just you know meet up at like midday and kind of like just brainstorm that, that was yeah. the, the whole you know what I do like now with the writing you know where I can just like write down random stuff and I'm like oh I'm curious about what about this and it's all this thing where you have all those like statement cocktails and it's like how do you twist uh, this by the way if you ever go to to Czech Republic I would say um, if you go to Prague Czechia sorry not Czech Republic apologies uh, Czechia to the they five its yeah it is yeah it's I Czechia now went. yeah oh my God, I think so uh, last year fuck off yeah, it's Czechia. Like what a get out! I didn't realize. That. I don't know. I think just just no. I think they're a, they're like they're not a republic anymore. So they're like a federate, like a. So there's been like an actual France. change in how the how that I've, region operates and is structured. Here, I right? think very slight, very little, but the names okay. changed. Like there's not a Czech republic. And what's the federation? I actually, I find, I think I'm wrong with, with that, but I think it's. I don't I'm know. Look it up. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I'll look it up, man. But yeah, yeah I, I only know that stuff, yeah, yeah. The, the name is Czechia. That, that's for sure. Shit. So it's changed from Czech Republic to Czechia, and that's. I don't want to upset my my six listeners in Czechia, which we Czechia. had so yeah, far. Yeah, Czechia. But um, yeah, so basically, that it's hey, in Prague. It's a bar called the the Bugsy Bar, nice. which apparently is the oldest, is the first cocktail bar in in Europe. Nice. So if you ever go check it out, because it's beautiful. Like nice. it has all these things, and that's when I I, I used to drink. But uh, it had like um, basically has like again old school like classic cocktails. But then there is a whole page on each classic cocktail. Say you have like old fashioned, and it's a full page of different types of old fashioned nice. that they make. Nice. Yeah, it's wonderful. Nice. So I. Because that's what I like. I don't. I will. I don't actually like the classics in mixology. You do or you don't? I don't. No. Fair. Which is good, like only because I'm. I'm such. I'm such a. I like that because that that place is talking about the classics. Then it's doing its riffing. What bothers me is when you go to a cocktail bar in London, and it's just classics on the menu because there's nothing there that shows a level of invention. 
like a, a classic cocktail you could make in your own house once you bought all the ingredients. Like there's nothing you have to make. It's like the measures are there. Is fucking two vodkas, one lemon, and what? But like I just think there should be like a little bit of infuse the vodka with strawberries, infuse the rum with coffee beans or tonka. That 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 that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of what I like that level of mixology. Just when you see some really fun stuff, and the cool thing about mixology, so you like sweets, right? So I'll often use sweets as a way of coming up with flavors for drinks. Like one of them is Jelly Baby, uh, I've got a Jelly Baby fa- uh, flavored cocktail, which no doesn't way. use Jelly Baby, and I love Jelly Babies by the way. Jelly Babies are one of my favorite things in the world. I fucking love them. Um, and once, listen to this, I didn't live there. Once I could have. Uh, bought a flat in a converted Bassett's Jelly Baby factory and it just smelt like Jelly Babies wherever you walked. It was lovely. It was quite a small flat, but it would have been worth it. It would have been worth it for that. It was a, it was a lovely thing, actually. Where was it? Because we actually looked into a Tribor old factory. See, it was, where was yours? Uh, make, oh, God, I know it was East London. but Stratford I was mine. My, my Jelly Baby one was in Stratford. But I don't know, did Tribor make Jelly Babies? I don't know. I don't. I don't think they made jelly baby. I think it's the, just the, the, the menthol, mince. the mints. Oh, uh, but you don't want to go. But that would it just smell like mints. No, that actually, nice it smelled like garbage because it was collection day when we had the oh, viewing. Nice. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> yeah, it was it was in the summer, but it was like it was actually like uh, a summer rain, so it was hot. Fair enough. It was in like it was humid, and the 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 bins, all the bins were out. So I think that's actually what put us off. Fair enough. Because we we went for the viewing, and all I could smell was the the the, the dumpsters. Do you, do you know um? Do you know London well? Mm, so so. Do you know West Silverton? No. On the DLR, so West Silver. I feel my heart breaks for people in West Silverton because there's a massive dump there, like massive. Like I think it's like the biggest dump in London, and like I'll often go past West Silverton, like in either direction. And just on a living by a dump on a hot day, oh, the wind catches yeah. you wrong. Um, God, yeah, no, that's, that's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, no, so that, that's actually yeah. Shout, shout out! I hope I hope they are uh, they are okay. Well, as okay as you can be. Yeah, you got lots of nice houses there though. That's yeah. how they get you. you That's know? how they, they get you. Yeah, because again, the flat was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they had like had those like massive windows. Actually, it was a kind of like almost top to bottom, wow. top to bottom window. Yeah, yeah. You know, because again, it was all old factory uh, windows, and it was it didn't even have it didn't have doors. It had like wheels, like doors on wheels, which I actually found really cool. I had that in my Jelly Baby factory too. No way! And I quite like that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like that. Yeah, yeah I, I, it was really I, cool I, flat. You might. I, I was, you know, I was down for that. Yeah, like, yeah. You, but, but the, yeah, the, the, what, what put me off. And actually, what was funny yeah. is that he had this whole, like, the flats were around, but the middle of the building was actually empty. You know, they had like a massive, like a beautiful staircase. You had a bit of a, uh, a bal- like you had like a balcony for everyone on the top floor. Um, yeah, but what put me off it was just that it, it was really, yeah, you could tell it wasn't uh, converted like a warehouse area. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, no, that's 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 that that's. Uh, I can't remember. I know it was East London because I know we we cycled there, but I can't remember where. It wasn't it actually it was nearby here. To be fair, I think it was more like Woodford area, maybe. Hello. Yeah, yeah, because I, yeah, I know it was it was an it was hard dirt 
to, to commute. I think they were closer to like an overground or something. But anyway. Fair enough. Uh, you still have sweets. Sorry? Do you still enjoy sweets? Yeah, I do, but I, I am very peculiar. I, I like... Um, I only like the the Haribos, but I like the oh, yes. yeah, but I like the international Haribos. Do you like, like, do you like tutti frutti? No, do you like the tropi frutti? Yeah, I fucking love tropi frutti. Yeah, well, that's like I love my my favorite is like the, like the the strawberry ones, like oh, but yeah, like yeah. covered in sugar. Like they have, yeah, yeah. you know, I I think we uh, peaches. Oh, oh God. do you like the fizzy ones or the sweet ones? Both, both. But yeah, I yeah. just also I I think because of the whole England sugar tax thing yeah. it's I like it more when I go to Europe sugar strawberries they're great sweet aren't they Oof, yeah do you know I discovered they stopped doing um, do you know um, strawberry milkshake bottles it's like a in the shape of a milkshake bottle, but it's half strawberry on top and half white on the bottom it's like 50 50 yeah I think they're the I think they're the greatest sweet and stopped making them I think I spent the last two years Trying to find the I don't sp- think I've ever seen uh, like at least I have not it's no? like a, it's like a, it's like a beautiful Haribo do their version but they're really not as good there was one official place that used to do all the best strawberry milkshakes all over the world and I guess they just stopped doing them oh. honestly like ah oh, fucking best picnics. you know one of the best like one of the things actually this reminds me of was that I remember growing up in 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 Romania and we had all these uh, amazing snacks. And then the European, we became a part of the European Union and we had to comply to regulations. And loads of companies went like either bankrupt or just disappeared. And it just (laughs) makes me wonder like, what the fuck did they have in the the snacks? Because I'm talking about like, again, savory as well as sweet. Like we have like those like nougat bars. They disappeared. I think it's because of the amount of like, Shit that they had on them, yeah, the amount yeah, of, yeah. you know, but you, yeah, but it was just like incredible. I think I think about it sometimes. I think like there are again there are men who think about the Roman Empire, and yeah, yeah. what I think about is just what happened to those. No, it's fair. Like there, there's, oh, sorry about that. Mate. That's right. There's a similar situation in um, New York going on. Actually, I don't know if it's a similar situation. They're not going to be put into the European Union. <laughs> but um, there's uh, environmental information come out saying that there needs to be a new type of oven, in, a pizza oven installed with a new type of ventilation like that they, that they have in Italy. So all the pizza ovens that, they've, that they tend to use in New York for pizza, obviously, are kind of dated now and they need to be replaced. And that's going to cause a lot of people problems because they're even going to have to raise the prices to get the new ovens in yeah. or might shut down. I, I don't know, or they might... Or they might they, I think they might have to soften their stance because... I know that... Pizza in New York was my favourite thing about New York. I mean, really? it's, it's a gorgeous pizza. Have you been to New York? Not that it matters. It's a gorgeous pizza, literally. I think I, I, I prefer American pizza to Italian pizza. I really do. I heard that before and I don't, um, I don't blame you. I think it's... Um, yeah, you know what? I, I don't blame you. I heard, I heard that a lot. And I actually think that I had, I had some... There was an American pizzeria in, uh, in Manchester and it was actually one of my favourite pizza places. Nice. Because you've got you've got a, a rigidity to the dough, haven't you? You can hold it up, you can hold the slice up properly. Whereas some Italian uh, thin pizzas, yeah, you have having to it there straight away. Yeah, exactly. Or you either have it there straight away, but as soon as it goes in a box, 
the delivery, the condensation goes, and you've just got sloppy mesmerous yeah. American pizzas. Well, and also I, I love, I even love, I've love a, a, a Detroit pie. I love a I Chicago have, pie. I've never had a Detroit pie. I want to have both of those. Have you had, have you had both of those? Yeah. What's the Detroit pie like? Detroit is literally like it's it's a pie. Yeah. Like I had a meatball pizza pie for Detroit style. It was nice. And it was literally like if you cut on like I don't know I. I I generally I think about it this way. Imagine you have like a steak pie, yeah. and you just remove the top of the steak yeah. pie, and you just have the but obviously oh. the, the, the 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 crust is actually thicker, <coughs> yeah. but it's kind of this thing where you like you just you just you like kind of like dive in. Wow. Yeah, like you could eat it with a spoon from it. Is there a bit of crust in the pastry? Is there a bit of crust? It, it wasn't a pastry. It was actually pizza bread. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's baked pizza bread. So it's like pizza dough, you mean? Mm-hmm. But but was it? Did it have a did it have a crisp to it? Uh, yeah, it, it had. Oh, that sounds good. Man. And then underneath, it was actually like not like doughy and like oh. soft, but the outside because yeah, it was. And that's and I I remember I think I I ate that for two, it took me two days to finish it because I think I ate like half of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, not even half. I think I ate like a quarter of it, and then I ate a quarter, like just over a quarter, for lunch the next day, and then for dinner the next day. Because, and Brilliant. yeah, because it was it was it was a large pizza, which is usually my go-to, but it was just huge. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it was beautiful, and I was like, you know, again, I don't look. In what, on the other hand, I I judge people who do even like pineapple on pizza. Or like, I am actually that guy who hates chicken on pizza. Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah, just because again, it, it, it doesn't belong there. Because I personally, I don't like chicken. Yeah. Unless it's again, look, I like a chicken schnitzel. Yeah. You know, I like. I mean, I like like buffalo wings and stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't like the actual like when I see sliced chicken in a shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate that. That's like the, it. It, it, it reminds me of what you were saying. Where I was like at that point in my life when I want to lose weight yeah. and all I was eating was just like it just looks so sad yeah because yeah. it's either dry or it's too wet yeah I know and, and it melts uh, yeah it's weird texture that kind of gets stuck in your teeth yeah so that's what I, I, I and when I see that on a pizza I'm like no not for me but I feel like that's the thing if I go to Italy I always like to go to, for the most traditional stuff yeah. but if I'm not you know, if I go to again like a if I have like an American pizza, or like even if I have like a you know like a greasy pizza from like a local yeah. takeaway, I usually I mean I I usually double pepperoni to be fair. Well, if I don't know the place because I feel like you can't mess that up. Yeah. But um, I love trying, I love experimenting, and I think yeah, Americans they they kind of nailed it, you know. Nice man. Yeah. I like that. So, well, sometimes you got to watch your ducks. I'm a pepperoni man as well. Um, sometimes by definition a pepperoni pizza would have double pepperoni on it so if you're asking for double pepperoni yeah you got four times that's brilliant man you got four pepperonis I exactly like you got four pepperonis you got usually they do double mozzarella double pepperoni because they want to make up for the fact that they don't get anything else and I think that's my, my, my friend worked for Domino's once uh, he was a delivery driver he was at school and he used to tell me um, there was this guy that used to buy six times pepperoni but he'd also want double pepperoni on top of the tomato sauce. So he'd want double pepperoni on the be base, tomato, double pepperoni, cheese, and I think it was like quadruple pepperoni on top. And he was, he was, do you know what? You know what? He, <clears throat> he was a big lad, obviously, but he was like a weightlifter uh, or something. Like, so it was a, I don't think that's good for your health, but it was a targeted meal. But I do love pepperoni. 
God, yeah, but I mean, okay, I can see the amount of proteins on the from the salami, but the amount of fat as well yeah, from the salami. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course, you can. All right, and we're back. Uh, yeah, that's why I think I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. That's a lot of salami. Even, I love salami. I love like, which is a shame. I shouldn't eat this. Me too. I <laughs> and every time stop, stop. I think about. Uh, I think I, I was telling I, I, I my partner the other day. I was like, because we actually had like a bacon for breakfast. And I was like. Every time I eat bacon, I hate myself, but I'll, yeah, I'll still do it. I'll still do it. It's just such an easy, uh, the amount of times I've said no more bacon, no more sausages, then you, oh, you find yourself hungry, don't you, for breakfast, you know. That's I just, oh, it's a high, yeah. I, you know, I actually, I found this thing where I kind of, actually, it's on in the, the book over there in the corner. It's a, it's a book about like living, um, <laughs> it's an interesting book. It's about like living, um, basically, like a, a, a nice or like a, the way of like living like a, a Jewish lifestyle. Nice. And he had this thing where I, which I loved because he kind of makes me feel better about even eating meat in general. Because he has this thing where you like, you know, rather than you're not you're acknowledging the fact that, say, like an animal had to be put to like yeah. again to through like being killed for me to enjoy the meal, and that actually makes you you know be more peaceful about it because it, again you acknowledge the the work behind or you acknowledge the, the pain of it. And I was like, yeah, I can kind of. I, it helped me actually because I had the I think in the last few months I was like oh, I just want to I don't want to eat meat anymore but then I something would come up and I'm like oh yeah I'd love to Bacon. try this yeah. and now I'm I'm a bit more like you know actually again I acknowledge the fact that I think even with the happy eggs that you were saying because we buy usually the happy eggs and that's fine that's fine because because uh, <clears throat> that's what I guess like it makes my partner sleep better at night and you know it makes me sleep I mean not really but anyway uh, yeah and we do that and uh, it's one of those things where like consciously you want to make a, you know you want it's, yeah I, f- I feel like I, I'm just doing whatever makes me feel like I'm make me feel a little bit better like I'm like you know what yeah. I could have I, there were two decisions that I could have made and even though I would not made the best one I've made the better one out of the two and it's fine with me, you know. Again, like I think after I've le- I've read that and I, I rememorize it now, it helps me out a lot. And I think I did have a, I, I was stuck in the conversation with someone about how, obviously, like meat is not good, and you know, uh, that I was like, no, I don't disagree. However, it, I don't feel as bad as like say I would have heard that a few months because I remember if you remember when Game Changer came out it was like a documentary on netflix like 40 years ago i think and it was all about everyone was like oh that's it i'm going vegan now yeah. and i was that guy i went six months of being vegan and then i just felt horrible about it well now i'm like nah i'm again i feel bad yeah yeah <clears throat> no me too me too because <clears throat> i mean for me i eat meat um and i'll i'll not i'll not really judge anyone who eats meat? Because how could I say meat too? Um, and but the thing is, I know all the arguments for veganism are correct. Like as in just the animal farming and shit. Yeah. And it's, it's just it's just like even though I, like it's a strange one to to believe in the argument 
of a people, but to go the opposite way. But you know what? As soon as I'm not depressed anymore, I'll try and improve my life. <laughs> I will, no, truly, I, I just haven't had a chance to... That, that, that is the thing. I'm like, there are many things I'd like to do and improve my life in many ways. I'm trying, I'm trying, but veganism is like, I'm just like, do you know what, Krish? When you have fixed depression... I mean, but it's not the way to look at it, really. It I can't. I, I can't do like you know vegetarianism. I feel like you know it's, it's eventually. I, I wouldn't mind not, but, but to me, like a cheese, you know. And I'm generally that guy who's like, oh, cheese, man. Like, it's tough, I isn't it? It's tough yeah, I, I love yogurt. I love yogurt as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I can't. I, I generally, <laughs> I just feel. I feel like my life would be way <laughs> sadder um, if I didn't. If I couldn't eat those. But anyway. But oh, here's the thing, though. I do think, I do think this, though. I do think that the happy egg company should change what they're called. Only because, only because, I'm not having a go at you for having happy eggs. People, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Because people buy those eggs thinking that egg, the chickens are happier and have a better life. They don't. It's just marketing. And that's why it's unfair, because like all these other chicken companies, the, the chickens are equally happy insofar as they're equally fucked and equally unhappy. So I'm just a happy egg company. I don't know. Do you know what? And I shouldn't be trying to, maybe, you know, I shouldn't be trying to ruin everyone's life or anything who think about, <laughs> you know, those happy... But they, anyway, stop, stop. It's not about the happy egg company. It's not about the happy egg company at all. <laughs> no, but, but, who, but who are you, like, as in, fair enough, the happy human company, the happy baking company. But, but we are going... The, the, whoever owns happy egg company is going out there and fucking those chickens over. And then he's saying, do you know what, unlucky guys, I'm going to name... I'm going to... I'm going to Name something based on your happiness, and it, yes, it's unfair to the chickens. <laughs> and I, and you know what, I eat eggs, but just from a non happy egg, come no, it's, not, it's <laughs> not, not the right, it's just not fair, it's just not fair, it's just not, not fair on the chickens. Not, I agree, it's not, no, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they never got they never got a say, did they? Like, as in, they didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if they do, like, you know, when, um, like employees like big like large companies they once a year they do like a questionnaire for the staff going like you know from like one to ten how yeah. happy are you i don't think chickens get to do that I think they do. you know like i love this one like oh do you see yourself working here in the next 12 months i don't see them i don't see it i don't see it i mean the only the only thing that yeah the only thing that i'd say is that their lifetimes are so short yeah, there's no time for contemplation before death. I guess and at least that they produce happy eggs. And also, I think sometimes, which sounds horrible, but I, I I was thinking about the fact that you know they they usually they grow up in that environment like they don't know better. Yeah, which now even like saying it makes me feel very sad. It does make <laughs> me feel. Like, the, I the what the what there has a few there's a few. We're going to both become vegans at the end of this podcast. <laughs> there was one thing in the news that made me, that was really heartbreakingly sad, actually. Did you hear the news about that dairy cow that would pretend to be asleep so that it wouldn't have to um, be milked for milk? And then the farm was like bantering, like, look at all Daisy. Um, she's just a bit sad because um, she's got to be milked. And actually, you know, she just didn't want someone tugging at her nipples. <laughs> like her cracked nipples and then you know they made a joke about it but it'd be like if someone that when people say like you get you get you see you hear farmers all the time when you follow food and drink in the uk and there was oh yeah the cows love it they bloody really yeah 
And I know I'm saying this is someone who will go home. I, I do have oat milk. I do have oat milk. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, yes. Yeah, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Now we've, we've done a lot, a lot so uh, is there anything you want to basically like wrap it up on? Is there anything you want to address? Anything, any, again, any more plugs you want to, uh, to put out? No, I'm all right, man. No? Yeah, yeah. No, okay, like well, food and depression and shit. So. Uh? No, I've covered what I wanted to cover. Perfect. Well, you know, it was amazing uh, doing this with you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you for your time, man. You were a really good podcast. You're a good host. Um, it's a loyal... It's a... Loyal. It's a very... Um, God, what is the word? Honorable thing you're trying to do. Uh, and I hope it goes really well, man. Well, Thank thanks. you. You nice. too. And I, I, I generally hope for anyone listening, um, we'll have um, we'll have your like socials on the on the bio of the episode. Check it out and find out the story of uh, how the depressed baker became the depressed baker all all together. Because I I generally didn't want to ask you that because I was like, no, nah, I want people to oh, then yes. yeah get. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Thank you and uh, have a have a nice. Time and for everyone listening, have a nice life. Bye. Yes, you all. Love you. Bye bye. Okay, well, you know, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I definitely enjoyed having Krishna around. Make sure you follow him on, um, again, on his social media. Make sure you follow, you know, me on my social media if you want to see more updates about the podcast, but also about my comedy shows coming up uh there's some exciting work um coming soon now that's it have a lovely life and stay skillful folks catch you next week